Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to a 22nd, the 22nd episode of Believe in K-Pop on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Emily Heidel. I've been staying up until 2 a.m. to watch music shows every night. And I've realized that music shows are quite weird. I actually, unfortunately, fell asleep um, watching, or before I could watch M Countdown last night. But um, I'm learning, and I think that's just a way to keep up with who's having a comeback and all those different things. So I've been staying up to watch these shows. Um, If you're into K-pop and you have the time, I suggest you do it too. It keeps you up to date with how the music shows work, who's coming back at the moment what the camera work is like on each music show. Um, and honestly, I realized that there's so much, like you think K-pop is one thing, but then there's, like, there's so many people that are coming back and you're like, who are all these solo artists? Who? There was like a cat like stage. It was a weird, and then there was like a peanut. It was like, it's weird. So you got to go watch those if you have the time. Um, also, uh, K-Con at New York happened this past weekend. I had a couple of friends that were there. Um, it looked like it was amazing, and I had serious FOMO. I have serious FOMO all the time. This episode, we had a Moo from the Mama Moo fandom. Her name is Janet. She is from Nigeria, but she lives in Paris. So cool perspectives there. She has a really cool accent, and it came pretty last minute, but I'm really happy that it happened. Um, I'm sorry for the delay on the episode. We had to get this edited, though. Um, anyway, she during the show, she mentions RBW. RBW is short for Rainbow, um, which is Mama Moo's company. Um and then she mentioned something about fall winter concepts. Just so you know, uh, Mamamoo uh, with their recent era that just kind of wrapped up. Um, kind of like how every you know, like BTS has their love yourself era. Uh, Mamamoo had a season four seasons era. So she saw she says fall and winter concepts, meaning the fall and winter concepts of the four seasons era. Um, so just to clarify that for you, there it is. Thank you guys again for listening. Please subscribe and leave a review. Um, that helps with the ratings on the podcast. I appreciate every single person that's been listening. We have a Discord chat with one person in it. So if you want to join it, let me know. I will send you that Discord link. Um, and you can do that through DMing me at E-M-I-H-A-Y-D-E-L. That's all for the intro this week. Enjoy the podcast. I apologize for the audio again. I swear it's not going to happen uh, for the short uh, while that is in the future for the podcast, um, I had to record it um, in my car, unfortunately, because there was no there was time constraints on my end, and so I just didn't want to keep her awake. So, because uh, the time difference is different, difficult. So, um, the audio was not the best. It will be better. This next week, we will have an in-person guest, and it will be a YouTuber. So get ready. If you have any questions for Former Therapy, who will be our guest this coming week, please send them in to me um, through the Instagram DMs and Twitter DMs like y'all already know. All right. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy the interview. Back for um, a lovely interview, and I always say on the podcast, 
So I'm like, oh, I'm super excited for this interview. And I guess this is like a testament to the podcast itself, but I'm excited for another interview again because this one came last minute and it's abroad again. And it's with Janet, who is with who is a moo within the Mama Moo fandom. You are in France or Paris, France right now, currently, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Why Mama Moo? Um, obviously, you said there's songs you were like, ooh, I like this. I can dig it. And <laughs> Mama Moo has and, and many articles, including like American ones. They talked about how they kind of gender, I mean, gender bend, genre bend. Um, yeah. They don't necessarily, I mean, just like all of K pop, there's no one central sound a group will have. Um, Which you? And it's hard to place it. And Mama Moo kind of leans more towards, they keep on the, maybe the more slower like r&b infused you know maybe a little bit of a house beat sometimes but mm-hmm. they have a sort of a sound that actually surprisingly enough and i didn't know this they they all self-write self-produce self-direct and self-choreograph their music oh, yeah, they do. yeah so how did so there was rainbow uh, how how did they was how does that happen like how do they just you know get to be like a lot of unlike a lot of k-pop artists where they have a team of people coming together mm-hmm. how did they why what was the the vision i guess that rainbow had for mama Moo and allowing them to have pretty much all autonomy okay so um as the girls uh i've mentioned before in the past that um their management told them that they're not the typical uh, K-pop uh, group because of yeah. their looks in quote and because uh, yeah I think it's more of their looks per se because their management told them that okay we're going to focus on your performance skills and your vocal skills not necessarily dancing and uh, I mean doing other things that other K-pop group do and so they picked that up and I mean focused on your vocal and performance skills. And I know the rapper Mumbiol, she wasn't originally a rapper. She actually auditioned to be a singer. And so the management told her that, oh, okay, you sound great, but you would sound better as a rapper. And at first, like she said in interviews, that she wasn't really happy about it. But she, I mean, she just went it because she wanted to, yeah, she wanted to like be up for the challenge and, uh, yeah, I just went along with it, and I mean, she's one of the best K-pop um, ra- um, rappers. Let me yeah, just say, rapper, female rappers sure. in the game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I stand corrected for it. Yes, she's her writing skills, her rapping skills. Her, it's 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 phenomenal, like really great. And then when you talk about Sola, Wasa, Wayne, uh, their vocal skills, it's it's amazing. It's there's something people say that Mamma Moo is made up of four soloists. So it's a group <laughs> made up of four solo singers who can do extremely well if they're not together. And so I think that's one of the reasons why the company decided that, okay, we're going to make you this group, focus on your performance and vocal skills because you're not like the other typical K-pop group because your your looks and you can't start doing cute things or forced by that things. And uh, yeah, that was what I mean. If you listen to the early Mamam songs, they're funky and jazz based songs. Yes. Yeah. So that that was that was like uh, to showcase your singing and performance skills. And so when the general public knew about them, they're like, "Oh, Mamam can sing, and Mamam can perform well." So I think they needed that 
they needed the general public to know that they're that good before they could even probably venture into something not that tasking for them vocally or performance-wise. So I think that was the plan, to make the general public know them as good performance performers and good singers uh, so that it would be easy for, for them to succeed because normally it's really, really, really hard for non-big group, non-big three groups to succeed in K-pop. Right. It's extremely hard. And so for Mama to actually be one of like the most popular girl groups in Korea right now, it's, 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 it has been hard work for them. It's basically based on their talents, based on their personalities, based on them not giving up, based on just being themselves, based on the company, like giving them that free will to contribute to uh, the music mm-hmm. and, I mean, creative process, basically, yes. Because they've had to work so hard, different uh, as opposed to. I mean, they've. I guess all K-pop groups work hard, but they've had to work a different kind of hard. And you mentioned mm-hmm. their faces. You said like, you know, because of their looks. What? Yeah. Is, I guess just to introduce people who might not know, Mamamoo is a four-member girl group. They debuted in 2014. They consist of Hwasa, Wean, Solar, and Moonbyul. Moonbyul was the mm-hmm. rapper we're talking about. Um, and um, I, I would say, you know, everyone kind of. I guess this is not the first time I've heard it, but like people are like, oh, Mamamoo's not the most like visually attractive group. And in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think they're beautiful. I think they're all beautiful. Oh, they are. Um, they yeah. Are. And, but, but I guess, so does the general public maybe say like, ah, oh, well, you're not, you don't look like twice. So, you know, or, you know, let's make you oh, yeah, black do. pink. Like, let's make, you know, is, that's interesting that like the facial thing really has something to do with it. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting because before I go into K-pop, I mean, I'm Nigerian, so the music industry in Nigeria doesn't really bother about looks. It's just uh, performance skills and talent and how to move the crowd. And so when I go into K-pop, I found out about visuals and I'm like, I don't understand. Oh, people are not supposed to put out good music and then the audience will listen to it and decide if it's good or not. And that's it. Like, why... Do I have to bother with how someone looks? Exactly. Like, till today, I really don't get what it's about, like, concept. I I really do not understand what concept is about. Like, is he the music or, like, the video concept or, like, I don't don't get it till today. And so when people say um, Mamamoo, they do girl crush concerts, I'm like, no, they don't. Because if you want like a typical girl crush like group, you think of Blackpink or it's yeah. the or maybe G Idol or Idol as people say it's not G Idol, yeah. Idol. Right. But like when you think of Mama, we just see like four girls singing, performing, maybe dancing sometimes, and that's about it. I don't know. People assume that they do girl crush concepts because of how they portray themselves. That's sure. Mama themselves. It's who they are. It's not the concept that they do. It's not um, uh, like something cooked up in the studio that you have to act badass. When you look at the camera, you have to you sure. know, punch your face, do this and do that. No, it's just who they are. And while performing, they actually feel the music and translate it into your performances. So it's not like, oh, jumping around saying, hey, yo, let's, let's go on stage. It's no, they're truly enjoying themselves on stage. And it's 
showing, it's engaging the audience, it's making people know, oh, these girls are like women. They, I mean, they're not people who you can just push around. They're good, they're talented, and they love music. Their love for music is, I mean, it's brought them this far. And it's something that will take them farther than where they are now. So it's not something that, you know, there's this, um, what I call, I think how you say spy <laughs> date for girl groups in Korea. I mean, most girl bands um, disband every seven years. It's, I mean, it's popularly known. And so there's this speculation on what third generation um, girl group would not disband. And then people have been mentioning, oh, my mom would definitely not disband. If if you ask that question on Twitter right now, most people will say Mamamo. They love music. They love what they do. It's not because of the fame. It's not because of the money. Or well, I mean, yeah, they're rich girls, yes. <laughs> but like, it's not something they will stop doing if they lose their fame. It's something they will keep on doing. And I don't think they're a girl crush concept either. I think they're more <laughs> just really relatable it's exactly out of all of them i see kwasa and i'm like oh she's like a1 relatable you know and mm-hmm. also as a recent she was you know she got a lot of flack for just outfits in general and so she walked through the airport without a bra mm-hmm. and people were like oh my gosh this is amazing um and she has the people call her thick thighs which honestly i'm like she's still small to be quite honest but um mm-hmm. i guess she's she has thicker thighs than most female idols um mm-hmm. and what is Hwasa's role in the group I know she's a matinee well she's um a singer and rapper mm-hmm. so she's like the Moonbiela is the main rapper right well like Hwasa is like the lead rapper and then she's uh, a singer to the group so uh mom would they do not have this like designated um, position for the group like Sola, Queen and Hwasa are the singers. Mundial Hwasa are the rappers. That's it, basically. Yes. (laughs) So there's no visual, there's no dancer. Right. Yeah, there isn't, yes. Who is is Wien in the group? What is her role? Wien is uh, vocals, so she sings. She does the demo most of the time because... Oh, yes, because it's easy for the members to actually sing... uh, the song when we does the demo we is someone who can do a duet with anybody she is like the foundation of the group vocally so yeah, she has like the harmonies oh yes she has she does the harmonies she does the runs so Wayne's like the back the backbone vocally of the group so Sola does like the high notes and the hard pumping lines of the group but Wasa does the she has this soul when she like in her voice. She mm-hmm. yeah. You cannot imitate Wasa's voice or how she sings. Likewise, um, Queen and likewise, Mobiol, um, they have this distinct sound when they sing. And so, like Wasa once mentioned, all the girls actually record a song, and then they sit down and think about who should do this part based on how best they sang it. So there's no already assigned uh lines for each member they actually sing the song as a whole each of them and they decide who sounds better who sounds best to sing this line in terms of personality though i'd like to like mm-hmm. kind of dive into their personalities who's like the whether you, if you want to like generalize it who's like the funny one who's more serious who's the sensitive one and who's you know the uh the goofy one you know or you know 
eccentric one? Who, like, how do they all fit within the group? Like, who's who? What's their personality like? Okay, so the goofy one definitely is um, Sola. She she has a nickname called Yeba, which is like Yepun Pabo. So Yepun is pretty in Korean, but with full in Korean, so it's pretty. <laughs> she gets scared easily. She she has like the loudest voice when she screams and yeah she's very aloof very eccentric then Hwasa is very sensitive you might see Hwasa as a stuffed cookie who performs like badass or this but Hwasa is very sensitive oh. Wayne is very mm. how, how is she sensitive she according to Sola because uh, there was one show they uh, appeared on called Live Bar it's where people just gather celebrities to talk and drink. And Sola said that uh, Wasa is very, she cries easily and she gets things get to her like pretty easy. But at the same time, she gets over them easy too. So she feels, so rather than just um, be strong, she feels and then gets over it and moves on. Okay. Okay. Yes, and then for Wayne, Wayne is the, emotionally, I say Wayne is the strongest. Because based on her experiences ever, I mean, Wayne is um, the only person whose parents um, got divorced. So currently she uh, stays with, well, she stays alone, but before she went to mom, she used to stay with her grandma. Because her mom had to work, and so her grandma died, and oh. she had to move. Yeah, she had to move to the capital of Seoul to live with her uncle. Uh, and you know, most of the controversies that um, that has happened to Mama Mobina bear the brunt of it, the brunt of it, rather. She has been the one who gets easily attacked for what she says, which I mean, gets. Um, taken into context, out of context rather. So she says something like a journalist would pick it up, twist the words, and then you know people attack her. And uh, just a day before uh, Asian Artist Award last year, there was something that got out the news that her father defrauded several people. Mm. And, uh, oh yes, and then. The person who sent out the news did not mention the Mamamoo member. The person just said the Mamamoo member. And then Queen had to like, she said she didn't want her other members to actually take the fall for it. So she said she was the one and she was sorted out and apologized. This was the day before and I was sure where they had to perform. Oh yes, it was really terrible. I just, I woke up to the news and was like, what is happening? Like who? What did Mamu do again? Like who did who did this to them? And then I got hold of the news and I'm Noreen again. And so she had to perform with the members the next day. And it was really you could tell that um, while performing that she uh wasn't really not in the mood per se, but like she felt down and all. So Wien is uh yeah, the strongest emotionally, I can say so far. And she's she's the funniest. But she's the shyest. So you would have to really get close to her to actually bring out her fun side. Mm. Yes. Okay. And then Moonbyul, what's her role? Moonbyul is like someone who teases you. She makes you get annoyed with her. And then when you're at that point of like, mm, I really want to smack you, she just, I mean, 
gives you a big <laughs> hug. <laughs> oh, right. I'm sorry. Yes, and she does that mostly to Sola. And she's she's um well people say she's the most open with fans. Interesting. Why is that? Yeah, because she I think last year she was the only one who gave out um free gifts to the fans. She I think it was around three AM or two AM midnight in Korea. She went around to hide the gifts in different places at like at mid like past midnight and sent out the tweets that um it's it was like uh treasure hunting. Oh, so the fans fun. got yeah, and the fans got out the following morning to look for the stains. I think it was thirteen of those items. It was like a key holder. And so they found them and uh, Mumbiol goes out of the way very often for fans and her members. Not that the other girls don't, but Mumbiol goes like the extra mile. Sola has said like she doesn't like taking pictures when she's not uh, uh, like out there as Sola, when she's out there as Kim Yong-son, that's her real name. She doesn't like taking pictures with fans. She doesn't feel comfortable. But Moon Girl is someone that regardless of uh, whether she's comfortable or not, she'll do it. So it's not like they, it's not like, how do I put it? It's not like they dislike doing them. I think it's their personal choice to actually yeah. be, be open or not. But like Moon Girl is the one who is actually open with the fans and yeah. more freer with the fans than the other members. Well, right. Wayne is uh, the like the most withdrawn maybe because of past issues i guess what she's the most withdrawn at the moment you mentioned the fans um and i remember <laughs> something in the news that i picked up was um <laughs> fans were mumus were uh very annoyed or at at odds with um rainbow because <laughs> back in i think it was before the end of 2018 they were like, oh, they're going to have, an, I think it was either another comeback or they're going to have another concert or something like that. And fans were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, they just did this. How are you going to expect them to do, you know, all this stuff? Like, it was it was pretty much like, whoa. Like, it, they were, the fans were like, no, we're not coming because we're boycotting because we think you're overworking them. Um, can you explain what happened in that a little bit? Okay, so I may not get the facts um, 100%, but I'll try my best. So uh, I think it was during the comeback of Windflower. Yes, uh, right they announced. Yes, they announced that um, they were going to promote for just two weeks, which was uh, usually I think they promote for about the two weeks or three weeks. I'm not sure. I think usually it was about three weeks, but they okay. said that they were just going to promote for just two weeks and thereafter have a concert. They had a concert in April. Oh, and okay. They wanted to do another concert in December, and before that, I think it was Mumbiol. Mumbiol hurt her back, and okay. so she had to sit during the egotistic, I think just before egotistic period, she had to sit uh, throughout while performing, and so uh, still had to travel for the Asian tour and all, and so the fans were really, oh, no, 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 you cannot just bring up this concert news, because I think it was just, uh, they announced the concerts either just before Windflower comeback or during the promotions of Windflower comeback and so the fans were unaware 
usually they announce like way before, like probably weeks or a month, two months before that this concert is going to happen. And they named the concert Fall Winter Concert. And they had not done the winter comeback, which was Go Go Baby. Right. So the fact that like, no, you have you have to do the winter comeback before you can do the fall winter concert. That was what happened. And then RBW they want to, you know, listen, they felt that, oh, okay, we'll do this concert now, we'll do another one next year. And they found that no, 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 no. I mean, we're going to spend our money for this concert. If we don't want to attend, we're not going to attend. Fan sites said you're not going to attend. Uh, a company, I think uh, Inga, they endorsed the makeup. Some will endorse your products. They said you're not going to sponsor the concert too. So it was like a collective effort wow. from fans and media people too, because it was carried all over the news that um, the fans are boycotting uh, uh, the concerts and all. And so we asked for adequate rest. We asked for better promotions. We asked for um, heads up before just bringing up news about concerts or tours or, I don't know, comebacks. We, we, we asked for different I mean, conditions. And at the moment, I think what they satisfied, I think it's basically just, I don't know, better promotions in Korea, not outside of Korea. Because the girls are still working hard mm-hmm. three times a week or four times a week, they have a festival. And all of their discography, they have a lot. And also, I love the way their albums are very consistent in terms of like obviously the look. Um, but mm-hmm. they just wrapped up a four seasons installation or the era. What what mm-hmm. does that mean? It was just like it was just going through the literal four seasons, or what what does that mean? Was it like emotions they were going through as well? Okay, so uh. I'd start by saying something not funny but ridiculous. Actually, the Four Seasons uh, era wasn't supposed to be. It was actually meant to uh, be like two seasons in one year and then two seasons in another year. Well, apparently, yeah, the media houses in Korea uh, put out articles about the Four Seasons uh, era that was going to happen in a year. And Rainbow Dum Dum did not refute it. I, I don't know if you know a song called Paint Me by Mamamoo. It came out January 2018. And Starry Night, which was uh, the first uh, season, Spring, Color Yellow, came out March 2018. So they had between January and March to plan the Four Seasons era. So you can imagine. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if, if if you notice, between Egotistic and Windflower, the promotions were minimal. The results were not that great. I mean, usually, Mamamoo, when they release new music, they get, like, number one in major, like, charts in Korea. But right. Egotistic, I think, it rose to number one on just four charts. And then Windflower had no wind. Wow. Oh, yeah. I think Windflower and uh, RBB or Red Velvet. I think RBB or Red Velvet came out a day after Windflower. So, <laughs> yeah, wow. we, we, we can just say these two songs uh, flopped in K-pop language. 
But yeah, Twit, Twit yeah. did really well. Oh, yes, he did great. But the funny thing was, it was rushed also. Oh, okay. Yes, I it was I, rushed. People don't know, Twit is a Fossa's solo track. And I also yes. like the fact that they are allowed to do a lot of solo and duets with people. That's that's really cool. Oh, yeah, that, that's cool, too. I don't know if you know of, um, it's a solo, it wasn't a solo debut, but it was, like, a solo song put out by Queen called Easy. Great song. You need to check it out if you okay. haven't. Yeah, Easy. And it was, the song is amazing. But, like, it was, oh, man, no promotions, basically. It wasn't promoted. So it was just, like, the fans who knew. And we were really sad, extremely sad. Well, it wasn't a solo debut, so we just brushed it off. We just assumed that, okay, maybe it was just, I mean, a song released by we and for our fans. We used that right. to console ourselves. Are you living in France or you live in Paris, mm-hmm. but you're from Nigeria? Um, mm-hmm. I want to know what you're, what, what is, do you know, is there like a K-pop scene in Nigeria? Like fans that, you know, uh, com- you know, gathered together or if you've been back to know that? There isn't like, uh, like, how do I put it? I have seen like a BTS Nigeria like Twitter page. Okay. But apart from that, nothing else. Okay. So it's it's almost impossible, if not impossible, for K-pop to actually penetrate into Nigeria. One of the things I've heard about Mamamoo is uh, the con- aside from Hotsu's controversies, uh, the controversies involving um some of the blackface that they've done. Um, mm-hmm. I know Plaza is a huge uh, Beyonce fan, and she's saying irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. She said the N word during irreplaceable. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, uh, I know they they recreated Bruno Mars's song, and mm-hmm. um, I know that that you know they did blackface for that. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think I found out about it after it happened, right? And so it wasn't much of did not leave much of an impact to me because I read about it and there was nothing malicious about it, about what they did. It was just purely based out of ignorance. And for me, if you do something and you apologize and you do not repeat it, I mean, dead and gone. I've heard that a lot about uh, K-pop and just Korea in general. Like, they have no, uh, at least the culture doesn't lend to like, oh, like, well, you're taking away from that culture. It's kind of just like, oh, we like it, so we'll use it or we'll imitate uh-huh. it. You know, it's an interesting thing. It's kind of like a weird dichotomy, but I feel like at this point, like you said, like that was in the past, but I feel like at this uh-huh. point, you know, it's getting to the point where like if it continues to happen, it's like we know that K-pop is so westernized now. There has to be uh-huh. somebody in your label that's telling you, no, this is not good. Don't say that because this will upset your Western fans kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like a company that continues to kind of mess that up and not mess that up, but it's sort of a not get it um, is SM in terms of, you know, the things they do. But again, maybe, maybe they don't have someone there to kind of let check them and let them know. But I mean, I feel like there's enough fan, you know, backlash like yo like wait we maybe we shouldn't be doing this let's see mm-hmm. you know make you understand where this is coming from sort of thing but i'm glad to hear from your perspective that um it was out of pure ignorance and um i'm happy to hear that and lastly can you tell can you tell people why they should stand mamamoo if they're on the fence about it or if they're interested in it 
I mean, just good music, good performances, great girls. Uh, basically, yes. And yeah, great role models for women too. Because trust me, I think one thing I can really be mumble with is our womanhood. So it's not me standing a bunch of girls or me standing girls who look good. It's me standing mm-hmm. women who know yeah. their insecurities and who know that this should not get to them and who know that this is how they should be regardless of what people say or what people do. And that alone, I mean, you're 100% remarkable. right. Yes, remarkable about them. And so good music, good performances, great women. Uh, yeah, basically. I Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The women part, it's like, you know, they have the great performances, they have the great vocals, they sound great, mm-hmm. but it's what they what they represent, which is, you know, exactly. an unapologetic woman. I love that. Janet, thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast today. Um, where can people follow you on social media? Uh, on Twitter, definitely via my Mumufan account. That's OT4 Mumu. Thank you for coming on the episode. Um, if you guys You're want, welcome. you can yeah. If you guys want, you can um, subscribe. Um, you can follow <laughs> me or DM me for any suggestions you have for future episodes at E M I H A Y D E L. Um, also created a Discord chat with uh, there's only one other person in it. But if you want to join the Discord chat to talk all things Mumu or Stray Kids or whatever it is. We can certainly do that. So you can uh, DM me for that link as well. Thank you guys for listening and we will see you back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.